0: Welcome to What's Up in Jeju, where I visit places around the island and talk about what's happening with Hashtag Daily K's host, Peter Bent.
1: We have a topic for today, which is a museum. Can you tell us about what we're going to talk about today?
0: Yeah, we are visiting yet another museum. All of y'all know, if you've been around for any <laughs> amount of time, that I love going to museums. Today's museum is all about education because it's the Jeju Education museum honestly i wasn't sure what to expect when i went because it's one of those really niche museums where the only reason you'd go i feel like is if you're really interested in this specific topic or maybe you're doing research about it um i'd say it wouldn't be a place to go if you were uh visiting the island like you're a tourist here and you you're looking for some um uh, touristy places around the island it's not one of those types but if that's not you i would say it'd be fun for somebody maybe in their 60s or older who studied in korea and they want to take a trip down memory lane because oh. they have a lot of uh like vintage memorabilia or maybe you're a family with young kids and you're in the area you want something to do indoors that's not too time or energy consuming because they do have a really cute experience center for kids Uh, I say this because it's sometimes difficult to find stuff in Jeju when the weather's bad.
1: Well, I think it's pretty cool. You kind of mentioned it. You said people over 60, but I love going to those places that have those artifacts, learning a little bit about Korean Ah. history a little bit, but not just... Not just in a textbook, but being able to experience maybe, I don't know what it is you'll tell us soon, but whether it's pictures or actual desks or books that they use. Yes. I I think that's really interesting myself. So don't just don't leave me out a (laughs) not 60 year old without kids. I don't have kids, (laughs) but I, I still might like it. (laughs) Why don't we introduce a little bit about the uh, curator? You have a video that we're going to play introducing the museum, right?
0: Right. So I I interviewed uh, curator Kangiri. She works there. This first video that we have is her briefly explaining what the museum is about.
1: Okay. We're going to go ahead and turn that on right now. Let's take a listen.
2: 네. 우리 제주교육박물관은 1995년에 개관을 했고 올해로 28주년을 맡고 있어요 음. 그래서 우리 박물관 같은 경우에는 제주도 교육에 관련된 자료들을 모아서 전시하고 있는 곳입니다 그리고 총 4개의 상설 전시실과 그리고 기획 전시실, 체험학습실 그리고 야외 전시장과 독도 체험관까지 갖추고 있습니다 지금 여기가 일전시실이고 음. 여기는 시대부터 탐나고. Okay, that's super cool because mm-hmm.
1: I was thinking in my head like okay, Korean History Museum for education. The '60s, the '70s, some right. cool photos, and no, this goes way yes. back. Tell us about what way you back. just said.
0: So, just to briefly describe it, it was founded in 1995. It's located in Jeju City, so up in the north, and uh, the museum has a total of four exhibition rooms where they cover Jeju education starting way back. From the Tamna Kingdom, so this was before Jeju was Jeju, and it was its own independent nation, and then going into Korea, then Joseon, and then into more modern times. They even have an exhibition room where they introduce and teach the Jeju dialect, Uh, and of this, of course, is really meaningful because it is an endangered language. The first thing you notice, though, when you walk into the museum in the lobby, is a life-size recreation of a comic book store and stationery store from Jeju 1970s. Oh. It's so fun.
1: Oh, Wait, we have. A, I think we have a picture up uh-huh. here. Let's get that up. Yeah. Wow, that's super cool.
0: Yeah. It. I, I could only fit two pictures on this, <laughs> on this one slide, but uh-huh. it was so fun. It's not one of those where you can walk in and touch the stuff because it's all authentic uh, memorabilia and they want to protect it. So the doors are closed, but the one on the left is a stationery store um, and everything inside you can see what stationery looked like back in the day. And then on the right side is a comic book store with real comic books and magazines. It's just so fun. I spent a lot of time here, (laughs) actually, just looking in.
1: Yeah. I love just being there. And kind of, it puts you in the uh, the time period almost. You kind of can feel... You get to experience like this is what it was like to be there then.
0: Yes, absolutely. I love that feeling, just like you, Alex. Where it's kind of like a like you're traveling back in time and you're imagining what life would have been like during that time. And then when you when you touch the 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 whatever the item is, I it's like somebody else was holding this and enjoying this like a hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's just awesome to think about. Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think you have another picture that we're going to show yes. here in a second. So let's get that picture on the screen. What are we going to look at next?
0: So another really interesting thing that they had on display was a book of portraits and paintings from the Joseon dynasty. So back in the day before we had cameras, they painted and drew scenes to record them in official government documents, <laughs> right? Oh. And they have a yeah. huge book of some of these drawings that give you a bit of a window into what life was like in Jeju. And I especially liked it because every picture also had an English description. So, this particular one that you're looking at is called Jeju Yang No, which means banquet for the elderly in the town of Jeju. It depicts a banquet that was held in the year 1792 to celebrate Jeju's elderly. And in it, it specifically states that at the time there were 183 people in their 80s, 23 people in their 90s, and three people who were 100 years or older. So, that's a lot of Old people, Whoa. which is really interesting, because back in that time, a uh, life expectancy wasn't wasn't that great.
1: That was not something. No, I. You always look at like the life expectancy, how it's changed over the years. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, the average age was like fifty back then. Mm-hmm. To, but it, to be honest, that's because a lot of people all over the world would just die early from diseases, mm-hmm. and you forget that some people still made it to a hundred. And wow, that's super cool to find out that information. Yeah, here we are talking about an education museum, in Jeju. And we learned a little bit about what's there, but we need to find more information about the exhibition halls. Can you keep us going?
0: Yes. So in this part, we're going to be taking a closer look at Exhibition Hall 1. And this uh, one is called The Roots of Jeju Education. It covers... Uh, what education looked like in Jeju back from the Tamna Kingdom all the way up to the Japanese colonial era. This uh, hall covers a lot of different things, but one fun thing that I learned when I was there was how Jeju people first became literate in the Korean language. Um, I'm sure they had their own lettering and writing system from before then, but from my understanding, we don't have a lot of records from the Tamna Kingdom in Korean, which was what Jeju was called when it was, Back uh, as an independent nation. But one record that did survive was the fact that in the year 684, the king of Tamnagu, King Wan, sent some Cheju people to Shilla, uh, which is now current mainland Korea, to learn the Idu script, which was what the written Korean oh. language was called at the time.
1: Oh, fascinating. And I believe. Is this what is this the video that we're going to be looking at now or or what's coming up next? So Education next, turning point is what's on my script.
0: Right. So when the Joseon period rolled around much later, there were a lot of changes to Jeju in many ways. And Mrs. King uh, okay. tells us how it was also a turning point for education on the island as well. And she goes into a little bit of that in this next video.
1: Okay, here we go. Let's roll the clip.
2: 아무래도 조선 시대로 넘어가면서는 굉장히 중앙 집권적인 조선 시대가 딱 그게 제일 특징적이잖아요. 네. 그래서 그때부터는 중앙에서 이렇게 목사를 파견하고 이러면서 제주도 교육이 좀 많이 달라지는 때이기도 하죠. 근데 조선 시대 때는 사실 그 유배라는 거 들어보셨죠. 네. 네. 그러니까 그 유배인들이 내려와서. 제주도 사람들을 뭐 교육시키고 이런 것도 굉장히 큰 영향을 끼치기도 했습니다. 근데 또 유배라는 게 아무나 보내는 게 아니라 mm. 뭔가 이렇게 mm. 좀 높은 지위에 있거나 아니면 왕족인데 미움을 사거나 이렇게 해서 내려오게 되는 거잖아요. Mm. 그분들이 내려와서 교육도 하고 이러면서 아무래도 큰 발전이 있었던 것 같습니다.
1: Well, there's always a limit to how good my Korean is mm. and I thought it was funny when she asked you, "Oh, you know what Ubeon is, right?" and I'm in my internal myologue being like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So you're going to have to do some translations for me. Uh, What's this all about?
0: Okay. So before we get into what uh, the Yubeh part is, so during the chosen period, (laughs) that's when the governors began to be stationed on the island. So prior to that, we didn't have any government officials from the mainland connecting us to the mainland from here. So government headquarters were built on the north side, not too far from the harbor. Um, and you can actually still visit these buildings today. They're called Jeju Mokwana. But anyway, with the stationing of a high-ranking government official on the island, there was a whole lot more traffic, right, coming to and from the island, obviously. And what this did was it uh, it opened up the floodgates of new and important and relevant information that was now constantly flowing back and forth. And as a result, Jeju residents became more aware and more educated. But not only that, but now with the presence of a governor, it gave Jeju residents the opportunity to host their own civil service examination. And they still have these actual today. It's, it's how you become uh, an employee of the government. But this was a national exam uh, given all around the country and if a man passed he was given an opportunity to work for the government normally for a man from Jeju to take this exam he would have to travel to the mainland so it wasn't an easy thing to do and it seems not many men were willing to do it um, however with the presence of a governor in Jeju a man from Jeju can now take the exam right here on the island
1: and we have a picture of that exam I believe right now this is an answer sheet
0: yes so this was an answer sheet that they released after uh, service uh, exam was given um and this was i i believe it was an exam uh one of the exams that was given here
1: yeah i i recognize some of the characters uh, <laughs> i think one yeah uh, maybe big is in there somewhere that mm-hmm. that i would fail that in a heartbeat that looks really cool i mean that itself is really cool just to check out and see but what's fascinating about that is i never thought about you know, when you think about trade and opening of relations between countries, mm-hmm. you think about exchange of ideas, exchange of goods, services, right. all that right. stuff. And I never even thought about it from within the island of, well, within the country of Korea or Joseon Dynasty back then to the exchange of information between Jeju residents and the mainland people as well.
0: Right, absolutely. And we go into that a little bit, what she was talking about, Yubei. So on top of all of this, Mrs. Kang mentioned the Yubein, which means the exiles. And we've also talked about this Ah. before, yeah, on the show too. But it was during this time in the Joseon period that Jeju Island became a place of exile. And the type of people who were exiled here varied like greatly from like the petty criminal to even a king was exiled here. But many of those were political exiles. So in other words, these were highly educated and powerful people, sometimes even members of the royal family. They were scholars, they were artists. And it was many of these exiles who also, when they were here on Jeju took on students and disciples during their time here. And as Mrs. Kang put it, it was really a turning point in the education of, Of the Jeju people.
1: Well, that's awesome. Actually, Mm -hmm. I'm looking ahead of the script. I think we're going to get some more details about maybe some freedom fighters, some information there. Part three of now the Jeju Education Museum. Mm -hmm. Take it away.
0: Okay. So in part three, we'll be taking a closer look at a single individual who is quite an incredible person and made great contributions to education on Jeju Island because they made it their life's mission to educate and enlighten the people of Jeju. Before we get into it, I want to first let you all listen to the clip of Mrs. Kang, our curator, telling us a bit more about this important historical figure.
1: All right, let's play video number three.
0: 여기 보시는 최정숙
2: 선생님이시거든요. 제주도도에서 태어나셨고 음. 그다음에 제주도 항일 독립운동 가셨거든요. 그리고 신성여학교를 일회로 졸업하시고 제주도에서 공부하시다가 서울로 가셨어요. 근데 1919년에 31운동이 있었는데 그때 학생 시위를 주도하다가 체포돼 가지고 서대문형무소에 수감이 되셨어요. 음. 그리고 최정숙 선생님은 원래는 그 교육하시다가, 그러니까 선생님으로 계시다가 중간에 서울에서 다시 공부를 하셔가지고 의사를 하게 됐거든요. 음. 네. 그리고 제주도로 내려와서 무료로 사람들을 진료해주고 하시다가 여러 가지였던 여성들 개몸 운동도 하시고 음. 여성들에 대한 교육도 많이 하시고 그런 걸 인정받아서 전국에서는 최초로 제주도에서 교육감을 하셨는데 여성 교육감으로는 최초라고 합니다.
1: Yeah, I think your wow at the end of that Mm. summed it up perfectly. Yes, yes. If you guys don't speak Korean, you have to listen to what she's about to say because that is probably the most... I couldn't even... I didn't even expect to hear this, so it's fascinating. What... Just transpired.
0: Yes. So this is a story of Mrs. Choi or Choi Jong-suk. If you're, I don't know if we have the image up, I'm on a bit of a lag, but if you're looking at the image, that's her just at different stages of her life. She was a well-known, or she is a well-known freedom fighter, but also she's a trailblazer for women in Korea. She's credited as the first female school principal in Jeju and the first female superintendent in South Korea so this is how her story goes she was born in Jeju In 1902, her father was a highly educated man, a lawyer, in fact, and he wanted his daughter to be educated too, so he enrolled her at Jeju's first all-girls school, and she was a part of the first graduating class there. When she was 17 years old, she joined the independence movement and participated in demonstrations. This was in 1919, uh, which was when, like the Samil Undong, the March First Movement happened. She was unfortunately captured and she was sent to prison for eight months, um, and it was. There where she was tortured and she had to live with uh, the after effects of that for her entire life. But thankfully she did survive and she was later released with her release she had a newfound passion and that was to educate and enlighten people she considered it her important for the freedom of the nation but also for survival just for people to be able to live so she made it her life's mission to do exactly that she uh, particularly worked with uh, girls and women and the illiterate many years later after this she decided she wanted to be a doctor why not right so at 37 years of age she entered medical school she eventually moved back to Jeju opened hospital here uh, and she offered her medical services here free of charge. Amazing. But she didn't stop there. She also established a middle school and a high school. The government acknowledged her skill and contributions rightfully and she was asked to be superintendent of Jeju. I believe she was not only the first female superintendent here but the first ever. I think she was number one. Uh, She was in office for four years and during her tenure she worked hard to increase opportunities Uh, for learning by building hundreds of classrooms. And she built schools. And she also focused on the advancement of women's education. It was so much that she did. And she just really contributed so much to uh, to education.
1: That's incredible. I mean, to think about kind of not only the sacrifices of being a freedom fighter or kind of joining the independence movement as well at such a young age. Yeah. And then to be tortured, and then to kind of become a doctor, and then volunteer your services, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like a testament to just if you if you're passionate about something and you work hard, even if you don't get paid, eventually it'll come back to you. But also, I, I we do need these stories, and part of what's great mm-hmm. about museums and learning about history is that you can be inspired by these stories find out more information about them. And that's what these little gems of museums have for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if today's show did interest you and you're keen to maybe taking a look around for yourself, what's really cool is they have a cyber museum in English. So that's like, Ooh. I find that that's kind of rare. They have a cyber museum all in English. You can take a tour of the museum um, and you see images and all of that. You can check that out if you are interested at museum.go.kr. What's Up in Jeju is supported by JDC, which is creating a free international city that resembles nature, embraces the future, and reaches the world. Arirang Radio.